0: After weeks of misinformation and speculation, the first case of the novel coronavirus has been confirmed in South Africa. South Africans should not panic. Uh, We should be alert uh, so that if people either uh, show signs of uh, some of the symptoms, they should immediately be able to get medical assistance. This update has stirred concern among South Africans who fear that they too may fall victim to the deadly virus. So we should, as South Africans, uh, be rest assured that government will demonstrate its uh, seriousness in terms of dealing with this matter. The first victim has been confirmed as a 38-year-old man. He, along with his wife, two children, and his doctor are under quarantine. They live in Hilton in the KwaZulu-Natal Midlands. Uh,
1: the feeling is pretty calm in the community. You know, we have a great history um, of community here in Hilton where we support and look after each other. As long as we share information with each other and everyone's informed, and we have really great communication structures set up here. Uh, Then we can we can reduce the amount of panic and we can increase the amount of of proper information that flows to people I think it will be another instance of Hilton people sticking together and supporting each other Uh, And it might be tough um, But uh, we will uh, we'll get through it and we'll get through it together
0: So that's where we find ourselves this week on the story at the center of a possible outbreak I'm Ryan Wroble, news 24 senior desk reporter, and I'll be anchoring this season of the show. You're listening to The Story. It's a new podcast from News 24. We'll speak to journalists and experts about the week's biggest story. This
1: is what we saw, heard, and uncovered this week.
0: We're crossing over to our Cape Town office where Bevan Lekay, who is Health24's editor, is standing by to answer some questions.
1: How's it Bevan? Hi Rian, thanks Thanks for inviting me. It's much appreciated.
0: So Bevan, South Africans are on tender hooks. Tell us
1: what exactly is happening. The Health Minister William Kize announced our first positive test case for coronavirus. And what we know about it is that it's a 38-year-old man. He is in KwaZulu uh, Natal. We've established also that it's in Hilton in in KwaZulu Natal. He arrived back on, I think we checked, and it was the first of March from Italy. And and what we do know about Italy at this point is that there is a high prevalence of the spread of the virus in. Italy. He was in a group of 10 people. He passed screening at the airport, which is obviously a very interesting point. He wasn't displaying any symptoms of the virus at that point. But two days later, on the 3rd, he did start displaying symptoms and went to see his private uh, general practitioner. From that visit, the general practitioner uh, was suspicious of what what, uh, what it could be, of course, uh, considering that he just come back from Italy, did the necessary tests, contacted the National Institute of C- communicable, communicable Diseases and all the ne- necessary authorities. What other concerns have come up? A question that will come up from what we heard on Thursday is because he passed the screening, He obviously wasn't showing any symptoms at the time, and therefore, you know, there was no reason for him to be quarantined at that time or put into self-isolation. You know, the the big question is, there are a a lot of people coming from countries which could be considered high risk, where the, the virus has spread quite rapidly. If you come back into South Africa and you pass quarantine, do you then just disappear? You know, what, what are the relevant health authorities do to potentially monitor these people, which is especially important because the virus can take up to 14 days to to for you to sh- display symptoms. Um, you know, the WHO says it's one to 14 days and on average it takes about five days for you to show symptoms. But if you're not part of that average, you know, you can easily, in that sense, you know, not display those symptoms. You know, if you've caught the virus, pass, pass the the screening test, and then what next? Um, and the question then is: Is were they monitoring this individual, this man who passed, who passed the screening test? Um, we don't actually know, and we, as Health 24, have actually put those questions to the NICD to find out further, because I, I, that is. Going to be quite important we think in terms of you know curtailing the spread of the virus you know are you monitoring people who who pass the screening tests Um, you know we understand that in terms of resources that might be quite an extensive job but you know if you are committing all these resources and trying to curtail the spread You know, you obviously have to do as much as possible.
0: Let's quickly uh, examine the term coronavirus, because that was the first term that was embedded in people's minds. But the current coronavirus, uh, what they call the novel coronavirus or COVID-19, is just one of many strains of coronaviruses. So what is the difference between COVID-19 and other
1: coronaviruses? I think the first thing you kind of need to do is establish what what a coronavirus is and uh, the coronaviruses are, are, are part of a large family of viruses that cause illnesses ranging from, well, the common cold to much more severe diseases. I mean, corona, uh, which I think a lot of familiar with people with the beer, but corona itself is a Latin word which means crown or even halo, and it's, uh, it's in reference to the shape of the virus particle when you, when you look at it under a mi- microscope. But what's important to know about coronaviruses is that they're, they're what, are, what are called zoonotic, and this means that they're transmitted between animals and people Um, and like look you know common signs of infection are respiratory symptoms fever cough shortness of breath that sort of thing but i mean you've got this current or the novel coronavirus which which i'll get to further in terms of its naming and and others like the SARS virus and the MERS virus or all coronaviruses and and as you've mentioned there are are actually plenty Um, I, th- I think if you look at this particular virus, um, it it has been named. in sort of early early to mid February, uh, it was named. It's it's called SARS-CoV-2, which is severe acute respiratory coronavirus two. So actually, it's named after SARS, uh, which I think a lot of people don't know, um, but obviously because it was genetically quite similar uh, to the the SARS virus, although there are important differences. Um, but at the same time, while it's named SARS-CoV-2, the WHO is trying to be very careful because of the sort of negativity and potential scare factor of calling something SARS. So in reference to it, they don't necessarily re- refer to it as the SARS virus, which can get a bit tricky. So they would call it something like the new coronavirus or the novel coronavirus or what they would actually now also refer it to as the COVID-19 virus. All right, so let's let's focus on the virus itself, SARS-CoV-2, it's called.
0: So it's kind of like a SARS 2.0, if you will. That's correct. How does this virus spread among people?
1: Basically, it's people who are infected who cough and who sneeze. And it's the, the liquid particles that are, that are in the air. So if you are in proximity of someone who potentially sneezes or coughs, chances are that you are going to catch the virus. Uh, it, it, it is also spread from surfaces as well, but that is now obviously not the, the primary way it spreads. Uh, the, the primary way is indeed the, the in the air. Um, but, you know, if, if someone who potentially has the virus touches surfaces and you then further touch, it, touch that particular surface or even an object, I mean, cell phones in particular could, could, could be of concern, then, and then you go and touch your own mouth, nose or even your eyes, that's sort of the entry point for the virus. So,
0: Bevan, let's say you do get SARS-CoV-2 uh, or uh, COVID-19.
1: Is that necessarily a death sentence and what should you do about it? so it's uh, not necessarily a death sentence uh, most cases about 80% in terms of some of the data we have so far have been mild cases um it will just sort of you know go through your body as a normal ca- case of the cold or or the flu so you know it's 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 not a case of you know you are if you've got the got the virus, you know you're in for a tough time. Like, like I said, th- th- there are a lot of mild cases out there. Um, however, it, it it seems that the virus affects uh, certain people very specifically, and and it's much like other viruses. You know, it attacks immune systems which are are quite compromised. So so from the data that we have so far, and and especially what's coming out of China, um, you know, it, the majority of of people who have unfortunately died from it have been older people number one uh, number two uh, they've got or they've had chronic illnesses so so their immune systems are particularly compromised and and, and the other thing is also that you need to factor in specifically for from, from a China point of view is that you know data say, says that you know about 50% of the male population smoke so that that certainly doesn't help in terms of, you know, your your situation where respiratory illnesses are, are concerned. So if you're looking at, you know, let's say from uh, the data I looked at today was somewhere from about the age of 30 onwards, but but obviously more from, I would say, from what, 60 onwards, if you've got a compromised immune system uh, in, in, and if you potentially have a, a, an existing chronic condition, high blood pressure, uh, any sort of heart condition diabetes you are on the side of being at, at a higher risk uh, where the disease where the disease is concerned and that would include people with hiv or tb for example so we don't obviously know enough yet in terms of how it's affecting People with HIV and tuberculosis, because if we're looking at the areas so far that have been affected, there isn't that high prevalence. So it's not like you can say, "Okay, we have case studies for 100 people, and therefore we can have a look at that and take this, take it into the South African context." That that is a little bit difficult. But um, you know, from from the experts that that Health 24s have spoken to, the, the, what they say is that it's it's a strong consideration is that we know that people with tuberculosis and HIV uh, have compromised immune systems and we do expect that they would be at risk.
0: One of the things that has been spreading much faster than SARS-CoV-2 has been the hoaxes and uh, fake news. What are some of the biggest myths or misconceptions regarding the virus that
1: you've come across? The really big one that that I think is sort of being spread and, and and this sort of came out in, in I think the dates 2003 when when we had the the SARS virus spreading because at that time they thought oh cats are, are, are spreading the virus. Um, but I, th- I think it's important for people to understand that while you know the virus is spread via an animal, it is not your domesticated animals that are going to spread spread the virus, so your, your cat and your dog is not going to give you um, coronavirus. I mean, there was a case now in Hong Kong, although I think which I made a lot of people panic, where a, a, a dog tested positive for the virus, but it was, it's what they call a weak positive, um, so, the, and the dog can't infect you with the virus. It, they can't pass it on to you. But I mean, obviously, you need to be cautious. You know, I mean, you have to think about like you pet your dog. Your your dog is a is a surface. You know, you 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 could potentially the the virus could potentially be on your dog's fur. You know, in 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 that sense. But so, you know, as all times, if if you pet animals, wash your hands, that's going to be an important thing. So for me, it, this myth, animals, yes, animals spread the virus, but it's not your domesticated animals. It's your sort of more uh, the exotic sort of animals. And to go back, you know, they initially thought it was, was snakes, and they also thought it was potentially a pangolin. But, you know, an, an interesting st- stat is that something like a bat – actually has carries 100 around 100 coronaviruses so so animals certainly are in the mix in that sense but your your cat and your dog unlikely to be spreading the virus all right and we've also had
0: rumors that uh, people can use Dettol uh, or drink Jic uh, to prevent getting the virus we know this is not true but what are some of the things that people can do
1: that are reasonable to try to prevent getting this virus, it goes back to to basic hygiene. Um, quite quite frankly, so I mean, like I said, in terms of the the virus being spread, most likely it's going to be from from liquid particles in the air. So the sort of basic things like you know, if if you see someone coughing or sneezing, and I know it's it's you you probably wouldn't always have the time to get out the way. But maintain, maintain distance, quite frankly. Um, I mean, if you can keep yourself at least a meter away from someone you know who's been sneezing or coughing, you know, that's that's important for you to do. Uh, the, the second thing is just, you know, b- because you come into contact with so many different objects every day, Hand washing is imperative. Um, you know, you've got to use soap and water. You've got to do it for significant amounts of time. In the absence of soap and water, you can use, you know, one of these san- sanitizers, which include alcohol, and 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 it's also got to be an, a, a reasonable alcohol content. I think it's around seventy percent alcohol content. But you know, it's going back to basics quite. Quite frankly which i think is so important because you know you see people now vigorously washing hands and and you know doing things that they should have been doing in the first place so if there's any good in that sense to come out of it is that that people might go back to their basics and just you know sort of consider their basic hygiene um the, the other thing also is you know for when you cough yourself, you know, cough into, or sneeze, cough cough into your bent elbow, you know, uh, don't cough into your hands um, because your hands are most likely where it's it's going to, you know, then spread from because you're touching so many things. So, so yeah, just to wrap that up, it really is just about sort of ba- what you personally can do every day. It's just going back to basics with hygiene.
0: So, Bevan, as editor of Health24, what are some of the most frequently asked questions from our readers that you've come across.
1: There's recent Google data uh, which shows which South, what South Africans have actually been searching for. What is coronavirus? What causes coronavirus? How did coronavirus start? Uh, how is coronavirus spread? How to prevent coronavirus? How many people have died from coronavirus? Is the virus in South Africa? What are the symptoms of the virus? Where is the coronavirus and where does it come from? So that's a sort of, these are the top 10 that South Africans are currently searching for related to, to coronavirus. And um, I, I think in, in, in many respects from the articles we've done, and I think a lot of what we've spoken about here today, we actually answer quite a few of these questions, which is great as well. That was the
0: voice of Bevan LaKaye, uh, Health24's editor, speaking to us from our Cape Town office.
1: Thanks so much, Bevan. Thank you, Rian. Really appreciate it. I hope uh, I hope uh, this information is going to be a help to our listeners and readers.
0: We now have on the line Ilse Olofse, a South African living in Beijing in China. She has been living in semi-quarantine following the outbreak. Hi, Ilse. Hello. So you've been in Beijing since since November last year. This was shortly before the outbreak. So tell us a little bit more about how you came to know about it and how you were informed about it.
2: My dad actually sent me a message and he's like, hi, are you wearing your masks? I'm like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, the virus, you must know about it. I'm like, no, no I don't actually. Let me go read up on it and then... I went and read about it and I initially was very scared and I went and bought myself like 200 masks.
0: So, in terms of news coverage in China, has it been huge or has it been sort of under, under, understated?
2: The news channels, here is is quite difficult to follow for someone who doesn't speak Chinese. My main source of information comes from either social media or just browsing the web for live live streams of the World Health Organization. Do,
0: has there been no direct communication from health authorities in China?
2: Yes, actually, there's this. Uh, um, like a mini app, and then on that little app, there's actually like news feeds coming through the whole time, so you can you can access everything on on one
0: app so Ilza immediately following the outbreak of covid nineteen what was life like for you? Did you keep to your apartment, not go outside
2: immediately after I heard, and everyone was a bit frantic it was it was quite panicked and Um, We went and bought uh, like 200 masks and set up a little decontamination area in our flat, just stayed in our flat as much as possible.
0: Were there times that you did leave your apartment, even if it was just for a little bit to, to, to escape being inside?
2: Yes. Luckily, we have little shops, like little grocery stores in our complex. So you leave the apartment and it's a a 10-minute prep to do so because you need to check that your uh, your masks are on correctly. And I say masks plural because I wear two (laughs) because I'm paranoid. And I also have little gloves that I wear and... Then just to walk outside, some people wear their masks incorrectly, where they don't cover their nose. And you kind of just walk to the other side of the street just to avoid them.
0: Now, earlier you spoke of um, your initial shock and, uh, and and being being pretty scared. What is the atmosphere like in Beijing at the moment?
2: At the moment, it's actually quite relaxed. A lot of people have gone back to work so like in malls and shops and like the construction workers are back to work it's i think it's it's mainly just schools and um stores that have no like need to be open that's still closed but mostly people are walking around taking their kids for a run around the park or but everyone is wearing masks at all times
0: Ilze, if you could come back to South Africa right now would you do it or are you happy to stay there
2: absolutely not I would stay here mostly because I think this will get phased out and and I think with the with the summer months approaching, it wouldn't spread as fast. Hopefully, I can't I can't say, but I think it's slowing down. And we invested so much money in in getting here that it will be kind of stupid to to waste all of that and just go back home. And also, I've got family that's immune compromised. I can't put them in that situation where I'm selfish and I want to come home and I'm just going to infect everyone in South Africa that's not equipped to deal with
0: it. Right, that was Ilza Ulofse, a South African who's living in Beijing. Thank you so much for your time, Ilza.
2: You're very welcome, Rian.
0: The Story is a weekly podcast by News24. It is hosted by me, Rianne Hroble, and produced by Nokotula Manyati.